welcome, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> to the second episode of a show we call Blue Fist. Uh, this is not a review of a Ricochet porn video. No, this is a review of the original run of WWF SmackDown. Um, so before it was the Raw recap show, before it turned into its own brand, and before it returned yet again to being a Raw recap show like we have seen in 2019, SmackDown actually had shit happening on it. Uh, and... Because of the fact that you don't want to listen to me blather on about this, I needed somebody to join me on this nostalgia run back to 1999. That's right, August 8th, 20, August 31st, 1999 is when this episode actually taped, and then it was later aired on Thursday, I think, at this time. Uh, but with me, the host of Making the Grade and Nitromania, Adam Salzer, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, motherfuckers. I am putting off watching a SmackDown from this week because I'm sure I would enjoy it less than watching a SmackDown from 20 fucking years ago. Yeah. So let me ask you something. Now, the first episode of Blue Fist, the first episode of SmackDown, me and Ginger both remembered that episode, um, specifically the main event. Now, I'd like to ask you, now you have been on record that you were a WWF-only guy growing mm -hmm. up. Yes. Um, so did you remember this episode? <laughs> As you can test when I texted you about it while I was watching, I definitely remembered a one very specific part of this episode okay. uh, that, that we'll get to. Yes. But yeah, it's it's funny how these certain little events you don't you don't quite remember when exactly they happen all the time, but you yeah. definitely remember once you get the lead up. Now, obviously, last week. We had a little bit of a lead up, and we knew when it was coming. We just didn't know exactly like the exact episode. We know what was coming. We didn't know when it was coming. So, uh, but before we get to that, let's go ahead and because you are here, let's do let's pull a little something from your show, Nitromania, and let's say <laughs> let's let's tell everyone what you could have been watching on WCW Thunder. <laughs> WCW Thunder number seventy eight. I didn't realize Thunder had gone had was on for that long before they made uh, SmackDown. Uh, was from Saginaw, Michigan, and this was the matches because obviously I don't know the shit that was in between. Diamond Dallas Page defeated Al Green, uh, the, <laughs> the, the Soul Singer. I, I guess. <laughs> uh, is it? Let's see. I, I uh, guarantee you, you, it's not. Master Bat Blaster Blade. Oh, okay. That was what he was before. Big Hunter One or Dog. Those are his other names. But Dog. That, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shane Douglas with Dean Malenko defeated Dave Taylor with Steven Regal. Kaz Hayashi defeated El Dendi. Uh, Kidman successfully defeated... Oh, no, sorry. Kidman defeated Lenny with Lodi, who was the WCW Cruiserweight Champion, but it was by DQ, so no title change. Harlem Heat defeated Disorderly Conduct. Scotty Riggs defeated Prince Iokea. Goldberg defeated The Cat with Sonny Ono in 35 seconds, so that must have been on his <laughs> his run of wins. Yep. And the main event, Perry Saturn defeated Sid Vicious by DQ. Mm -hmm. That's coming. Is... <laughs> coming to rundown.patreon.com in about well, probably three and a half years or so. The Thunder Years. Yep. <laughs> But we are in Worcester, Mass. Right Worcester, around, Mass. Right around your hometown there. Indeed. And which was a nice which was a nice surprise as I was watching. <laughs> I did try to find it was funny as soon as I was like, oh hey, that's kinda of funny. So we have a bit of a change up on the announce team. Uh, JR has been banished back to Raw, and Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler are your announce team. Yay. I was instantly sad. <laughs> I was like, you mean I gotta put up with Michael Cole? But I was also a little bit like, well, let's see. Let's see if Michael Cole is really the same person he always been. And spoiler alert, he is. <laughs> I, 99 Cole is not so bad. No. Like, he wasn't he wasn't 
Oh, like I didn't want to reach through my television and strangle him during this episode. Right, but there are there are some things, and and we'll get to it when. <laughs> Although talking about mentioning the fact that they're in Worcester at the Worcester Centrum and the, the, the Centrum Center, I did uh, lose track of the number of times that he name dropped the goddamn arena during the show. Like, hey, I know where we are. We know. Okay, shut up. We get it. Yep. Yes. Yep. That's right. So uh, we start off the show with your number one contender for the IC belt, China. And she will be facing Mr. Ass with said title shot on the line. So the basis of the show is that uh, we're going to crown a bunch of number one contenders for the titles. Um, and right now we only have one person who actually has a number one contendership, and that's China, because she signed up for an open IC <laughs> number one contender attribute instead of Mr. Ass, and that's what sort of started this feud off. One of the more, one of the more bizarre ways to earn... Yeah, a title match. I think I'm going to put this open contract on the outside of my locker room, and whoever comes and signs it will get the match. And the fact that Mr. S didn't have the time. He has five letters in his name. Yeah. <laughs> well, so does she. Yeah, he didn't. Have but wasn't that. it like? Wasn't it like you wait here while I go find a pen? Yeah, something like that. It was something stupid. Like, stupid. dude, just like bite your finger and write in blood, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also. Also, I, well, he's he's an ass man, so he might not use blood. You know? That's right. That's right. Uh, I also completely always forget that at a certain point in his career, he was just Mister Ass. Just, just Mister Ass. I mentioned I have that in my notes as well. <laughs> not, not even a not even a, a glimmer of, an, of a real name there. Just Mister mm. Ass. Yeah. Uh, so uh, on Raw, China swung a guitar at Jeff Jarrett, who ducked, and she wound up hitting Mister Ass clean in the face with a guitar. And so that sort of progressed this feud, I guess. Uh, so Jeff Jarrett arrives with Deborah and Miss Kitty, um, which of course is interesting considering that Jerry Lawler is on the announce team. Yep, that's all. That's all Jerry Lawler cares about for the rest of the match. Yeah, he's just puppies and kitties the entire time. Um, so for whatever reason, Cole keeps dropping the line of "It's an action adventure series." <laughs> yes, <laughs> Cole calls this the hottest action adventure show on TV. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than to the Lola. point where yeah, somebody Lola. that must have been written into something, some kind of marketing with UPN, because Jarrett drops it as soon as he gets on commentary as well. Yeah, and then Lawler says it later too. So yeah, it definitely was something that they were pushing. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the going back to the to the open briefly, uh, mm-hmm. I know I know you named the show Blue Fist, but I really love the Ovaltron. I do too. The, the Ovaltron might be my favorite SmackDown set. See, and, and, you know, I talked about it before that this was kind of like the, the peak era of my fan, fandom on WWE or WWF at the time. So a lot of these things are ingrained in my mind. And this was the time that um, SmackDown vs. Raw, uh, the video game series, was, was coming out. Um, SmackDown... Uh, Not even. This was, this this was, was still, Lay at the this, SmackDown. This was just, yeah, SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain. Here and Comes whatnot. the Pain, yeah. yeah. Lay at the SmackDown, I think, was the first one. So, yeah, this arena specifically is in my mind. And, of course, yeah. the theme song, too. Uh, which, to me, is the quintessential SmackDown theme song. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, China proceeds to moon Mr. Ass, but given her ring attire, <laughs> is there really much of a difference there? Yeah, I I pulled down these sheer see-through shorts to just show you my ass that you could kind of almost see anyways. Mm-hmm. But now it doesn't have beads on it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, this was kind of a nothing match. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, think, I think, I feel like we're going to say that a lot tonight. Yes. Uh, <laughs> China does eventually fake an elbow injury, uh, and then proceeds to brain Mr. Ass on the steps, and then brains him on Chibble's chair. <laughs> Uh, then we get a ref bump and a fame asser. I have seen a lot of ref bumps in my life. That was a bad fucking ref oh bump. That gosh. was awful. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what happens when your refs are these refs. They're not athletic and <laughs> they just kind of flop. Um, but thanks to the the ref being knocked out, Triple H comes out, proceeds to pedigree Mister S without touching, without hitting him. Like, why did he stop and take that move? <laughs> uh, he then drapes China over Mr. Ass, and the ref counts to three. Uh, which, of course, this is where we get our Michael Cole out of the night. China had something to prove, and she proved it. She, 
She won by outside appearance. <laughs> she she proved that she needs her man's help to win a match. That's right. Yeah. So we are on the road to Unforgiven ninety nine yeah. here. Uh, so I looked up Unforgiven ninety nine because I want to know whether or not that uh, China versus Jeff Jarrett match was the good housekeeping match or not, and it's not. Okay. But I did learn. <laughs> That Unforgiven 99 is smack in the middle of the uh, referee strike angle that they did. Oh. I'm very glad that that, did, that, that has not happened yet uh, okay. here in, in the early August or late August. I wonder if uh, if that's why we got a couple of rough bumps in this episode. Maybe. Yeah, it's kind of starting off. But good God, because I was, I was, yeah, looking at senior, senior referee uh, fucking... Uh, Tom Pritchard, or was it Bruce Pritchard? It was one of the Pritchards. Mm. And then at Unforgiven, Harvey Whippleman was a referee for one match. <laughs> like, oh God! Yeah. But our but our referee here, Jimmy Corderas, he 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 was the scab. He crossed the picket line. Yep. Because he had to feed his family, as I recall. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the uh, between the last SmackDown and this SmackDown, the Rock and Sock beat Big Show and Taker for the tag belts. Uh, after Paul Barrow showed Taker a picture of his match against Goldberg at Super Showdown, and, <laughs> and it cost Taker to abandon Big Show, which led to them losing the tag belts. <laughs> uh, so Big Show comes out, and he calls Taker an ink sack carcass of dead meat, which I had to rewind yeah. and listen to again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I was like, like okay. Which is, is that like a, is that like like when you find an octopus on the beach? Is that what that is? I I was like. Is I'm like I was like, it's gotta be like he's making fun of his tattoos, <laughs> yeah. which is what kind of. What does that mean, Paul? Yeah, which is kind of funny considering that Big Show has sleeves now. But yeah. <laughs> By the way, I don't remember. I don't remember Big Show with the giant earrings. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Big Show obviously is in pretty decent uh, shape here, and I I recall the like ponytail version. I was gonna say I, re- I remember the strange facial hair, but I mm-hmm. don't remember the giant earring. I don't either. But they were. Uh, glorious. <laughs> uh, so Big Show calls out Taker, and Paul Bearer arrives. Uh, <laughs> Paul Bearer looking particularly rotund this evening. Yes. Uh, Big Show takes him out and calls him a fat slob, which is kind of... It's like, whoa, buddy, you're like two years away from being bigger than him, all right? <laughs> uh, he chokes Bearer before Taker's music hits. Uh, Undertaker t- tells Show something in his ear. I assume it's he'll eat his ass if he forgives him. Uh, <laughs> see, I had I see you're close. Okay, I actually got access to the to the the audio, the alternate audio feed on on the WB network, and he actually said, "If you drop all this, I'll let you be the top tonight." <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but that seems to be enough uh, for show. And Taker says he will rip Show's throat out and choke him with his tongue if he disrespects <laughs> him again. If you rip his throat out. <laughs> What is he, Patrick Swayze in, in Roadhouse? Yeah. If you rip his throat out, he's already not going to be able to breathe. You then cannot choke him if he doesn't have a throat anymore. Uh, but they leave together with Paul Bearer still in the ring. Yeah. It was, Bye, Paul. Yep. Uh, at this point, a limo arrives and then proceeds to stay there for Just almost the entirety of the show. <laughs> Oh, man. Don't don't think about don't think about it too much. Don't think about it. don't think about the means that the people inside the, the of that limo are now watching on a probably a five inch TV screen. <laughs> uh, mankind arrives to the ring. A show a show that won't air for two days. Yes, that's right. Uh, so just in case. Holy cow! This mankind promo. Uh, holy cow! Those blue fucking sweatpants. Yeah, that was so weird to me. Ugh. I don't ever remember him having anything other than, like, the brown or black sweatpants. This was so bad. Yeah. This is, this is like, ultimate mankind is your fat uncle at Thanksgiving. Yeah, so he tells a story, and he says that, I used to play Coleco electronic football, <laughs> and I was lying naked on my bed playing one day when my mother walked in the door. So he says this is his which, most <laughs> embarrassing moment. Which, which very appropriately grosses out Jerry Lawler. Yes. Uh, so apparently this was the most embarrassing moment of his past 20 years until he lost to Shane McMahon. <laughs> which I I enjoyed 
it was a very long way to get there, but it was a it was a nice little burn on Shane. To be like, you know what this you know what this promo reminded me of? Yeah. You know the episode of The Simpsons where Homer t- tells Bart that he can't go see the Itchy and Scratchy movie or go to Itchy and Scratchy Land, whichever one it was. Um, and, and Homer goes and Homer goes. You know something, boy? When I was a boy, I really wanted a catcher's mitt, but my dad wouldn't get it for me. So I held my breath until I passed out and banged my head on the coffee table. <laughs> the doctors thought I might have brain damage. Nice. Dad, what's the point of this story? <laughs> I like stories. Yeah, that's pretty that's much what this promo was. Yeah, so Mankind says uh, that uh, he's happy to be The Rock's partner and says that The Rock has testicles full of fortitude. Uh, he then brings out his partner, The Rock, and unnecessarily tries to start a Rocky chant. It's already going on. <laughs> uh, so Cole says that Mankind is not a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, but he's doing the job here tonight. You're in Massachusetts, and you drop a Dallas Cowboys <laughs> reference. <laughs> the Patriots had this same record as the Cowboys that year, 8-8. Eight and eight, all right? I understand they're... They're still a couple of years away from their big dynasty of that, but they were in the Super Bowl like three years ago, prior to this. So you couldn't have set a Patriots cheerleader? Wait, do they have Patriots have cheerleaders? Don't fucking ask me. <laughs> I don't even know if they do or not. Uh, anyways. I the... think I think they do now. I don't know if they did in 1999. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like you could have dropped some kind of reference to Massachusetts other than <laughs> reference to Dallas. Uh, the Rock tells mankind not to talk about his testicles anymore. <laughs> that was that was funny. Yeah, and uh, Shane, China, and Triple H arrive. <sighs> I could have just copy and pasted that exact sentence from my notes <laughs> a couple times in this. Yeah, it got to be a bit much by the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, Shane says that mankind will face the Rock for number one contender, and if they don't go all out, they will be suspended for six months. Uh, Live from Chicago in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, then says Triple H will face that bald bastard later on, which pisses Triple H off. Yeah, that, that bald-headed SOB. That bald-headed SOB, yeah, that's for it. Sorry. You know what? I, 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 think Shane, I think Shane was talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, definitely. There was at no point on this, I was like, there was one little second of where I was like, I'm like, wait, did... Stone Cold face Triple H in this episode, and like my hands started going to the most. I was like, "No, Stone Cold." No, it's Triple not. <laughs> it's like, I no. knew exactly who it was. Yeah, we'll get to that. I Speaking didn't... of bald-headed SOPs, mm-hmm. it's Howard Finkel. Yeah. Oh, the the vaunted the vaunted and legendary feud. Yeah. Oh between wait, wait, Howard Finkel and Tony Joe. Wait, wait. Before, before we get into that, we have another little exchange between the Rock and Mankind that we oh, have okay. to talk about. Sorry. And that right. is where Mankind asks Rock to let him win. Uh, the rock offers to anally insert mankind's title belt Uh, mankind says he doesn't think it will fit i appreciate man (laughs) i appreciate him taking that literally yeah and then of course the rock says not only will it fit but there's room for the rock's belt as well yeah Uh, so i noticed i just i just love how just how just how straightforward it was you Mm -hmm. know rock goes are you in front of the millions are you asking the rock to lay down yeah (laughs) yeah yeah just, you know, I mean, we've all, WWE, insulting your intelligence since the 70s. Uh, <laughs> so I, I did notice um, that while The Rock was yelling about shoving things up asses, um, somebody lifts their child up in the crowd, and I assume that child just got some ideas for not only asses, but also things to do for title belts. I looked it up, little known fact, that was Brad Maddox. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so now we get to... Rock! Rock, shove my kid up mankind's ass. <laughs> He'll fit. <laughs> uh, now he gets to Howard Finkel, and immediately I realized Howard Finkel doesn't understand where the hard cam is. <laughs> he does almost this entire promo with his bald head to the camera. Well, he has to talk directly at Chimmel. He doesn't really, though. He could stay inside. <laughs> uh, everyone else seems to be able to to position themselves where they can both be like at least in side profile. Yeah. Um, but uh, Fink challenges Chimmel to a tuxedo mask match. Oh, I almost yeah. said mask. <laughs> <laughs> We're not, this is not the Sailor Moon podcast. Yeah, it's <laughs> wrong show. Uh, Fink attacks Chimmel from behind. And I guess so that was, we had a match. <laughs> yeah. The bell rang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chad Patton was in there. 
Yep. So Jericho is shown watching on, TV, on the mini TV in the back. Uh, <laughs> this, this is SD, folks. That's right. Uh, Chimmel gets Pink's coat off and shirt off. Please stop this. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, I Why? Where, so were these suits made by Men's Warehouse? Because they tear really easily. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Chimmel's tore so perfectly at the shoulder seam. I know. Right? Why? 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 Is Jerry Lawler so thrilled that Howard Finkel is wearing red underpants? So I, there was a part of me where I was, I'm like, I was like, I guess I have to kind of give WBF credit for not giving him like skid marked white underwear yeah. and actually going with just like normal red. They underwear. did that to someone at some point. Yes, they did. But I don't, I don't remember who. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So Tony Chimmel wins. Yeah. <laughs> And then has to and announces the rest of the show without a jacket. Yes. But, yeah. Lawler, Lawler goes, oh, please don't, don't, don't take his pants off. And then, like, seconds later, the pants are coming off. He's like, red underpants! Red underwear! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking uh, re- relax, you pervert. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, so, much as the tradition in 1999 WWE, every segment seems to bleed into the next one. There is, <laughs> there is very little time for, like, breath in this. So, it's like, the bell rings, and we are instantly backstage with X-Pac and Kane. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I meant to look up if that was, like, try to find, like, a Daily Motion video or something to see if that was, like, an actual, uh, like, what actually aired. But, yeah, that was uh, that was sudden. Yeah, this, like I said, they bleed into each other so much so that you can hear the, un, the like, the entrance music in the background of some of these segments. Yeah. Like, that's how they record these things. And it's like, I... Yeah, I was with you too. I'm like, I was like, well, that was really quick, but it's, it's again, it's an edited show because it's it's. A, but then they had, like I said, other things mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, that's clearly their their music going on in the background of somebody else. Like, yeah, this is just the way that they film this stuff. Was just like, short really? attention span theater, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kane tells X Pac, sorry, X Pac tells Kane that uh, he needs to win tonight on his own because he's sick of being the weak link and letting Kane down. And we cut immediately to Ken Shamrock arriving late to work. <laughs> X-Pac, not the greatest actor, by no, the way. Not at all. Not the best delivery on that promo. That's right. And yeah, Shamrock just waltzing into fucking the, the centrum like half an hour into the show. Not in, what, is he, what does he think he is, a McMahon? Right, he's not even in ring gear. <laughs> he's in like street clothes. He's not, he's not in ring gear for the remainder of the show, yes. and he has a match later. Yeah, he's booked on this event. <laughs> uh, so Lillian Garcia is in the back with Mankind. Uh, mankind that says that he's disturbed by what The Rock wants to do to him, <laughs> uh, but says that the last time he was in Worcester, he won the belt. So, yeah. Then we immediately cut to Triple H in China, and <laughs> they're both like, there's no way that Shane would book me against Austin, right? No, I think we can trust him. Yes. Thank you, China Bot. Uh, then again, we quickly cut over to Jericho saying that Fink should be a model for jockey underwear. <laughs> and then... While this is going on, you can hear Xbox's music start. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. Just the, the 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 last shot of that promo where Jer- Jericho goes, and your body looks good, and just turns and rolls his eyes and walks away. Yeah. And Finkel is just standing there, just staring off into space, like <laughs> I could be an underwear model. I that popped me. I laughed yeah. at that. So um, now I've I've read Jericho's many books. Um, with decreasing return on investment, um, <laughs> but I—I I mean, you—you you love his podcast. Oh yeah, for sure. He got—he got more and more of an asshole the the more his books went on. But the first book, he definitely talks about him and the Fink. And I have never heard an unkind word said about Fink. Yeah, he is yep. apparently like the nicest fucking dude ever. Sure. So the fact that like they convinced him to do this run here, I think, is kind of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Because by all accounts, it, <laughs> complete opposite of what this guy actually is. <laughs> uh, but apparently, game for it because he does. He puts so much into this like on-screen run that he does. It's amazing. Even even just on this episode tonight. Yeah, he's great. all he's all over the place on this thing. That's great. Uh, so X Pac arrives. Hanson's energy drink stuffed into his pants. <laughs> um, I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, so last week, the show was actually sponsored by Hanson's. This week, no mention of it, so I guess he just figured maybe they would still have it. I don't know. 
Uh, but we heard that the road dog suffered a crushed and ruptured disc in his back, which will keep him out three weeks. <laughs> three weeks for a crushed and ruptured disc. Just say he's got like a cracked rib or something like that, man. You're like you can't get back up from a crushed and ruptured disc in three weeks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, man! Uh, Jericho arrives, and then Shamrock arrives. Um, which so here's the thing I noticed. Jericho and Pac do not look at Shamrock until he is at ringside. <laughs> it, which I was like, I'm like, that is such a change they, from they are the they are the anti Seth Rollins. Yeah, because like his music hits, and they don't they no sell it. Like they're still like looking so like at each other so much that they don't even like reference the fact that Shamrock is walking out. Uh, but X Pac manages to convince Shamrock to wait until after the match because he really needs this win. And as soon as Shamrock leaves, Big Show and Taker arrive at the stage. Yeah. It's like, this is a, a, apparently like the biggest match of the night because everyone wants to watch. Yeah. Do we, do we, do we know why Shamrock hates Jericho so much? Yes. So, so, last, so last week this was um, where Shamrock was on his way out and Jericho convinced Finkel to attack Shamrock. Uh, Finkel shit his pants. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Okay. Uh, and then while Shamrock was distracted, Jericho attacked him, spit on him, and then ran away. So that is what happened last week on SmackDown, and this week on SmackDown, now Shamrock is after him. Okay. So there, there is actually continuity on this one. There is not, however, really continuity on why Big Show and Taker are now suddenly yeah. interested in X-Pac and Kane. You made an old man shit on me, raw. <laughs> yeah. Might have been more about the spitting on him, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Uh, so the really, let me see here. Um, I've got Jericho takes a big bump off the top ropes, which kind of looked a little scary to me. Um, he does a flying nothing into. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, that's, that, that's one of those spots where the logic has always bugged me. Yeah. Cause like if, cause if, if X-Pac doesn't put the boot up, what the fuck is Jericho going to do? Just land on his feet? <laughs> like yeah. what is the. It doesn't happen much anymore. Um, there was somebody that used to do this all the time. And it was the only time they ever came off the top rope was to eat a boot. And I was like, <laughs> you don't do top rope moves. Every time you go up there, like, I know you're going to get reversed on. <laughs> I can't remember if it was Jeff Jarrett that does it all the time or what. But yeah, like, yeah, it, like I said, it doesn't happen too much anymore. No, normally, like, they're really good about figuring out how to make the moves look like actual reversals. Right. Um, X-Pac hits the Bronco Buster, and Big Show arrives to close on X-Pac. So yeah. Jericho is 0-2 in the WBF. Because his first match, he lost via DQ as well, when he powerbombed Road Dog and apparently crushed and ruptured his disc through a table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any notes on the match itself other than the match? I I enjoy the repeated shots of, of Taker and, and Big Show standing on the stage, and all you can see behind them on the Ovaltron is Big Show's nipple. <laughs> nice. Yeah, for whatever reason, Big Show took his shirt off before this. <laughs> you were wearing a shirt before, man. Like uh, Shamrock also took a shirt off, uh, but he arrives to chase Jericho off, uh, and then Show attempts to chokeslam X-Pac, but Kane arrives. Uh, whoops, Shane shows ass and then Taker calls Shaw back and says you'll get yours and then <laughs> proceeds to say to Kane that the weaker he gets the weaker you get yep. the weaker X-Pac gets that is. Yes. the weaker X-Pac gets the weaker Kane gets and we cut to Triple H in the ring as Ken Shamrock wrecks the backstage area <laughs> yeah. someone, someone in the crowd has a Dreamcast sign, I don't know if you caught that no I didn't like the, the, little, the little swirl logo nice. and then underneath it said 9999 um, and yeah, I don't remember that version of Kane's theme song. Oh, it, it's so weird because it like stops three times at the beginning of it. Yeah, and it was I like, don't, yeah, I don't at all remember that version of it. No, and it confused me too because it like starts playing and then it stops and it's like dead silent. I was like, did they fuck up the audio that it starts yeah. again and then stops and then this is again? I'm like, I was like, this is a weird fucking theme song. I do not yeah. remember either. Um, but it, uh, maybe it's on one of the WWE. The WBF Volume Thirteen. DVD. It's it's not. 
Nope. I, I own them all. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, tonight's episode of SmackDown brought to you by WWF The Music Volume 3. Yes, it is. <laughs> along with Castrol, the official motor oil of the World Wrestling yeah. Federation. I think and 1-800-COLLECT. 1-800-COLLECT, yep, that's the other one I was thinking. Because I couldn't remember if this was the time that they were 10 10 3 2 one which, or, one, which I'm getting plenty of over on Nitro as well, by the mm-hmm. way, as Lee Marshall with his 1-800-COLLECT on the road report. Yeah, there's there's a period of time. I don't know if it's happened yet. But there's a period of time where all telephone providers had yep. different numbers. And it was oh, like yeah. 100 collect, 10, 10, 3, 2, 1. 10, 10, 3, 2, 1. 10, 10, 2, 20. 20. Yeah, and it was all these different ones where it's like, you can get long distance for only like 37 bucks a minute. Yeah, remember when long distance was a thing? I do, you know. Back when there were landlines. I also think it's funny that... dial-up that, internet. They still list that on, like, cell phone plans. It's like, there's no cell phone plan out there that doesn't involve long-distance calling. <laughs> like, international calling, I understand, but there's no... If there's a cell phone provider out there that makes you pay for long-distance, don't buy them. Yeah. <laughs> Mom! Hang up the phone. I'm downloading a picture. <laughs> oh God, I remember those days too. Do you remember <laughs> now? So for some of our younger viewers, specifically people born about the time that this episode was on, and if you are viewing this, by the way, stop doing acid. <laughs> yes, uh, to our listeners out there uh, who were born after us, uh, like there was a time that when you went online, you had to use the phone line. Now, again, phone line, that's another thing I might have to dig into. (laughs) There was once a time that all phones had to be plugged into the wall. Now, your house probably still has remnants of these ancient artifacts uh, by little squares on the wall with little tiny square inputs into them. Uh, so you, it, lo- it looks it looks like an Ethernet port, but yes. a little a little slimmer, a little smaller, a little smaller. Now go on to your go on to your smartphone, kids, mm. and and look at the icon that says phone. Mm. Now that little icon there, that's called a handset. That's yes. what it used. That's what the thing you had to hold up to your ear used to look like. That's right. This has been old people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. There was once a time that you had to, that you could not, like, make a phone call while you're on the internet, and you could not, like, be on the internet while you were making a phone call. So, half the time, like, someone would be talking on the phone, and all of a sudden, like, your call would be interrupted by, and you'd get kicked off. (laughs) Or somebody would call, and you would suddenly not have internet anymore, and you'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? Wow. <laughs> At my house, we had a program called the Internet Answering Machine, where yes. they would call, if they called your number while you were online, it would forward it to a different number, and they would leave you a message that would then play on your computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 90s. Yes, that was a thing, too. Now, of course, you can sit there and you can talk on your phone while you're also Googling porn on your yeah. and talking on the phone at the same time. Uh, and everyone in your house can do it, and if there's a thing called Wi-Fi. But anyways. Yeah. Um, Kids, you used to have to pay for porn. Yes. You, people, a lot of people you still to, do, on stupidly. A, on a VHS tape. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I had I had a, um, like, Jenna Jameson's second ever porn before she got all the work done to her. God, that was... I wore out that one segment of her <laughs> and that shook. Ah, uh, nostalgia pop. Okay, anyways. Uh, so Shane McMahon brings up that ball-headed SLB Gilberg. Yeah, surprise. Yeah, surprise. It's Gilbert. Surprise. Also, Gilbert has championship gold. He is. I, I, that was my next note. I said, see, we make fun of Gilbert, but you must remember that he is the longest reigning WWF light heavyweight champion in history. Yes. Uh, he's nearing the end of that reign here. He's got mm-hmm. about, oh, it's this August. Mm-hmm. He's got about five months left here. I mean, but would you would you care to guess how long Gilbert's record setting WWF light heavyweight championship reign lasted? I'm going to say like 200 days. 448 days. Really? Yep. God, I wouldn't have thought that long. Uh, but they don't care about it because obviously all all titles get a number one contender except for this one and the women's championship, which is on <laughs> Didn't some, even exist on this show. <laughs> yeah, it's on somebody at this point. They just, we don't see them now. Um, so the match starts and Gilbert hits a spear. Uh, before Triple H beats the piss out of him, Gilbert hits two more spears before getting sent to the post, pedigreed, and he loses. <laughs> yeah, I love that they give Gilbert a fucking hope spot against Triple H. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Cole going, do you think? No, nobody fucking thought, Michael. No. Nobody thought. No. Triple H then blasts the ref with a chair for no fucking reason <laughs> before attacking Gilbert with a chair. 
while he's in the middle of attacking Gilborg, we cut to the recap of Bossman and Al Snow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that match is over next. Yes. Uh, so we get the recap of Bossman and Al Snow, Bossman uh, stealing Pepper, uh, then telling he's going to give Al Snow Pepper back, and uh, then if Al Snow faces him in a hardcore match, Bossman wins the hardcore championship, and uh, then steals Pepper again. What's that? Classic. Classic. Yeah. Classic. Right. Uh, then, he I, tells, then he tells Al, mm-hmm. if you come to my hotel, mm-hmm. I will give you Pepper. That's right. And that's where we are tonight, ladies and gentlemen. That's where we are tonight. That's uh, right. This is that episode. Right. So I, I have one sentence on this segment, because I figured we could just freestyle it the rest of the way. <laughs> that sentence is Boss Man Feeds Pepper to Al Snow. <laughs> My, the first note on this segment for me just says, oh, God, Pepper, and then dot, mm-hmm. dot, dot. Oh, God, this is actually the Pepper Steak episode. Yeah, so Bossman says that Pepper is at the groomer, and Al Snow said he's hairless. He has no hair. <laughs> he can't even come which up. Isn't, which I don't think is true. He's a chihuahua. He's, a sh- he's got short hair. But... Yeah, but what are you going to do with it? <laughs> yeah. Other so... than shave him. So, so boss man, boss man tells Snow tells Al Snow to sit down at the table, and Al Snow very rightfully goes, "I don't want to sit down. I want my dog." <laughs> yeah, uh, but he eventually does, and Bossman brings out a platter of like, I'm trying. What is this that he hasn't? I can't even it, fucking figure out what it is exactly. My, my next note is: Do you think that's from Kowloon? Uh, it was. Yeah, it was. I think it had noodles on one side that looked kind of like lo mein, and it had uh, chunks of meat on the other. Yeah, because it's it doesn't look appetizing. And Bossman gets the line of the night when he asks him if he likes the taste of paw. Yes, and not to get any paw stuck in his mouth. Uh, yeah, so Al Snow then proceeds to throw up. <laughs> the funniest fucking thing. Because I obviously I remember this because this is just one of those things that just sticks in your brain forever because it's so fucking weird and dumb that they did during the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. But what I did not remember was that when Al Snow goes over behind the bed to load his mouth full of fake vomit to then spew and he stands back up, he gets stuck in the chair. <laughs> yes, he does get stuck in the chair. I laughed so fucking oh, hard God. at that. Oh man. He also takes a, a weird fucking bump too. Cause he like he like flies over the bed and then like just falls flat on his fucking back and he's like half tangled up in the bed. It's not great. But yeah. Meanwhile, Boston's going, That's hardcore. Yeah. Is it though? I'm Is hard, it? I'm hardcore. That's hardcore. I don't think that's hardcore. I think that's like sadism or something. Right. Uh, I like it's that. Not as, not as bad as dragging a coffin behind the the fucking Ecto one, but mm-hmm. you know. I like the fact that this segment was was uh, preceded by Cole and Lawler saying, Bossman gives Pepper to Al Snow. Let's let's watch it. As in like they already know what like happened, but then they're no, completely shocked. <laughs> you know, they cut back to Lawler's just shocked face. Yeah. No, I think I don't no, they did say this was this was this was taped earlier today. We have mm-hmm. not seen no but we have not seen this footage yet. But yeah. here is here is here's the big boss man giving Al Snow Pepper. Yeah. But again, like this was taped earlier today. Nobody so in production. Somebody had them. to watch this. <laughs> yes, somebody had to watch this because, like, this isn't that. Like, it wasn't live. Like, I could understand if this happened in the back, live. Live, you you could have that reaction, but it's like, no, this like, like this is this isn't Nitro. This, this isn't Nitro where a fan runs up to Tony Schiavone in the middle of Nitro, hands him a tape, and they decide to play it on air that right. night. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, we just uh, big boss man just dropped off a uh, a, a zip drive <laughs> and, a, and a disc, <laughs> and uh, he wants us to play it. Oh, so we're gonna go there's ahead. There's <laughs> a fucking '90s reference for you. <laughs> oh my I, gosh! Dad had a zip drive. Jesus, I had a zip drive. Uh, so Shamrock oh. is still looking for Jericho as Mankind arrives. Uh, we then proceed to miss the start of this match because we're watching recaps. <laughs> uh, so, apparently, like, is this a no DQ match? Because... Yeah, apparently, because they just head out on the ramp and nobody gives a shit. You know? it's, so it's always been kind of a point of contention to me that throwing somebody into the steps is not a DQ. 
um, or throwing them into the barricade is not a DQ, and it, it maintains here and nowadays even still. You can throw someone in the steps and nope, no DQ. Um, you can apparently also like slam people on announce tables and it's no DQ, but yeah, you know, you put them through the table and you're gonna get DQ'd. Uh, so, <laughs> so Mankind puts a mandible claw on the rock and the rock accidentally hits the ref, and then Shane arrives to, I guess, be the ref? Yep, just, just just fucking shoves Hebner out of the ring with his foot. Like, just fuck you, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, Rock hits a rock bottom, and then Triple H and China arrive to beat them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get to the bell ringing. Rock and Mankind fight back, and then Shane announces a double DQ, <clears throat> so neither will face Triple H as <laughs> forgiven. Yeah. Until about a minute and a half from now. Yes. Uh, we see Shamrock is still running around trying to find Jericho. This is going to be a continuation. Continu- he really, he really had it out for furniture tonight. I know. He just kept throwing shit around, and I was like, clearly he's not in that table. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, is that what? Where he like struggles to open the door, like someone behind the door is like holding it shut, and you're like, oh, so Jericho's in there, and then he opens the door, looks in, and then just fucking walks away. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, so there's the, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Does he just not know how to open a door? I guess not. It's, it's all roids, man. Uh, so Shane bitches out Lillian Garcia. Uh, Shane, Shane really looking like Eric Bischoff in that segment, by the way. I don't know if it was the hair or what, but I just kept looking at him going, motherfucker looks like Eric Bischoff. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so Shane says, or Lillian says that Shane screwed both of them, and Shane says he's going to do the right thing. Uh, so then Val Venus. Yeah, what do, you, what do you want? I just said I made a mistake. Yeah, yeah he really mean to Lillian. <laughs> Uh, so Val Venus arrives, and then Ken Shamrock arrives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, he was scheduled for a match, even though he's still in blue jeans. Yeah, again, still not wearing his wrestling gear. No. Still just street gear minus t-shirt. Yeah. But. So Venus gets sent in the steps. Again, no DQ. <laughs> uh, Shamrock locks in the ankle lock, and Venus taps. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> out of nowhere... Steve Blackman arrives, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was not the person I was expecting to arrive. Yeah. But he doesn't do anything. He gets taken out immediately. <laughs> yep. He drops his nunchucks and gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Uh, then Shamrock. Thanks for coming, Steve. <laughs> which, again, I was like, I'm like, is he a part of this feud? Like, this is, the, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Jericho's music kids. He tells him to follow him to the parking lot. Not, not only, not only does Jericho's music hit, we get another full Jericho entrance. Yeah, it's like pyro and everything. Uh, uh, my next note is, man, if they hadn't blown their pyro budget on two full entrances for Jericho back in '99, we may still have pyro today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, after the black man just beats the fuck out of Alvinus for no reason. Yeah, just okay. Uh, so Shamrock goes in the back, and Howard Finkel is in a Jericho so, wig. So great. Yep. So great. Uh, it's just, how fucking dumb is Ken Shamrock? That you, <laughs> Jericho goes, follow me to the back, to the parking lot if you want to fight, and mm-hmm. goes out, and there's just Howard Finkel just standing there with his, obviously, back to the camera with the silver LeMay shirt on and the blonde <laughs> wig with his arms out like Jericho. Mm-hmm. Like Jericho would be waiting for Shamrock in the parking lot in his entrance pose. Also, like... Finkel's a full foot shorter than Jericho. <laughs> you didn't think that was odd? Like, that yep, that's Chris just, Jericho. He's got the shirt. Got the hair. Yeah. So he gets pepper sprayed. Uh, Jericho slams Shamrock with a shovel until it breaks. <laughs> and then, for whatever reason, has Fink take pictures of Shamrock and the Lion Tamer. With uh, a Polaroid camera. Yes, yes. Hashtag 1999. Yeah. Jericho screams, I killed Kenny. And then... He hops in the, the car. Greatest, this is the greatest thing ever. And Fink hops in the trunk. No, no, no. He doesn't. So Fink hopping, doesn't hop in the, the trunk. He gets thrown Jericho into the throws trunk, yes. Fink in the trunk. <laughs> he gets thrown and gets into the in the trunk. driver's seat and drives it off. <laughs> Which is like, come on, dude, really? <laughs> <laughs> he just helped you, and you're gonna throw him in the fucking trunk. In the trunk. And I do. There was a part of me when I saw this, like, I'm like, was that the plan? Was that the, or did Jericho just improv that and throw Fickle in the trunk? Uh, either way, it's so fucking perfect. Oh my gosh, so good. <sighs> so Triple H then arrives for copy, his, copy and paste. Yep, Triple H arrives for his fifth segment of the night. Uh, Shane says the Rock and Mankind have five seconds to get to the ring and finish the match. He starts. Uh, 
He starts counting before someone says... Extremely fast. Yeah. That idea sucks. And they're like, who's that? Who's that? And I was like, that's clearly Test's voice. Like, you should know the voices of your wrestling people. (laughs) So Test walks out from the grave. Uh, He brings (laughs) Stephanie and Linda with him. My my note here says, oh, Jesus, Test. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, even more Jesus, Linda and good girl Stephanie. (laughs) Thankfully... Stephanie did not speak. Didn't. That Un- word. Un- unthankfully, Linda did speak. Yeah. Test at least could talk a little bit. Linda is a robot. <clears throat> she scolds Shane and says that Mankind of the Rock will take on Triple H and Shane in the main event. And it will be for the tag championships. Which which was Shane's idea. Yes. Yeah. Because originally... Shane's, Shane's entire reaction to Linda's little speech is basically boils down to but mom yeah he plays that role very perfectly <laughs> so but before we get to that we need to crown a number one contender for the tag bills <laughs> even though shane and triple h just bypassed every single person in this match so cole says that this is a tag team royal rumble rules match this is not a tag <laughs> team. Yes, this is I completely not. A, missed that. This is not a tag team Royal Rumble rules match. Uh, this is what they call a tag team turmoil match, or a tag team gauntlet, which match. you may now know as a tag team gauntlet match. Yes. yes. Yeah. There's no. You don't get eliminated by going over the top rope. <laughs> you don't have people randomly coming out. There's nothing to do with Road Rumble at all in this match. Nope. Nope. Uh, we start out the match with Hardcore Holly and Crash Holly oh. against Midian and Viscera. It was good to see Crash Holly again. Yeah. I got I got legit excited for that. I got I was kind of sad that they didn't have the scales, mm-hmm. but I was very happy to see Crash Holly. Yeah. Uh, so let me see here. Um, so the Hollies wind up eliminating Midian and Viscera, uh, and then Draws and Prince Albert arrive. Uh, Prince Albert hits a leaping X factor, and we get from Cole. What a maneuver! Yeah, <laughs> that it was. That was a good move, though. I was impressed by that. Oh, it was a great move. It just. Every time I hear what a maneuver, all I can think of is Vince McMahon. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> going going back to Viscera for a second, it, yeah. it occurred to, it occurred to me during this match seeing seeing him again for the first time in a number of years. Um, can we can, can we really blame the WWE for his passing when he was a near five hundred pound motherfucker who died from a heart attack? <laughs> I think we I think we referenced this a little bit when he actually did die, that there was no way that they were ever going to be able to win any lawsuit against WWE considering the guy's weight. You know, Viscera was always a big boy. And his his widow or his family can can try to say that WWE tried to keep him fat, but that's not good enough. Like you can't you can't use like oh my job told me I gotta be fat. That's not a <laughs> no. You get a different job then, or you tell your job you can't legally make fire fire me because I'm too skinny. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So <laughs> also kind of funny that Viscera and Midian are are partnering up here when of course Viscera later comes back showing his big fat titties and Midian becomes naked Midian eventually. <laughs> Uh, so Albert and Draws get eliminated because Dra- Albert is standing in the ring fucking with Crash while Hardcore Holly is pinning Draws. Yeah. No, Crash was holding his foot, which was keeping Kim from breaking up no. the pin no. some. No. No. Oh. He, literally, he literally picks up Crash <laughs> at the two count, and I was like, oh, he's going <clears> to <throat> slam him into it. No, he never did. No. Oh. Uh, so the Hardys arrive, and... Jeff takes out Crash, and I think Matt takes out Hardcore, or one of, I, Something like that. one of the ones like that. Either way, this is very quickly the Hollies are. Yeah, either way, fuck you, Hollies. Yeah. Uh, then the Accolades arrive. Uh, Jeff... By the way, not not the Hardy Boys. Oh, yes, that's right. The, the, new, the new Brood. The new Brood, right, that's right. Oh, that sucked. Is it? It's so weird watching Matt Hardy during this time. Because he has evolved so much from this. It was just his different characters. It doesn't seem like he's the same dude. Jeff always yeah. fel- feels like the same dude all the time. Yeah. But watching watching Matt like in his like heartthrob Matt Hardy days, <laughs> knowing what's to come in his career is is uh, so odd to me. Uh, but then the, yeah, the acolytes arrive and 
Jeff Hardy gets thrown like a fucking javelin. Yes, first Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thanks, thanks, Bradshaw. Yeah, thanks, Bradshaw. Uh, Matt hits the twist of fate, which gets called a neckbreaker. Well, it wasn't really the twist of fate. It was actually it was a, it was a neckbreaker. It looks kind of twist of fate to me. Anyways, uh, but that leads to a swanton, and then we get poetry which, in motion, which which is not a swanton yet, but a swan dive yep. senton. Yep, swanton senton. Yep. Uh, poetry in motion, which does not get called poetry in motion. Nope. Uh, but it's countered into a clothesline from hell, and Jeff is pinned with one foot firmly <laughs> on the ropes. That was my next thing. So was Jeff's foot not supposed to be on the rope there? Set <laughs> sure shouldn't have been a plan. Uh, oh my god. Then so, what happens, Troy? <laughs> then Stevie Richards and the Blue Meanie come out. Stevie Richards arrives in the ring. Blue Meanie never does. <laughs> Richards fucking hauls ass down the ramp and gets in the ring to get the shit kicked out of him by the acolytes. Meanwhile, Blue Meanie's just like, hi folks, how you doing? Yeah. So then after Richards gets pinned, which again, Blue Meanie never arrived to the ring, then they nope. throw Stevie Richards on top of Blue Meanie <laughs> yeah. as Edge and Christian arrive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they battle for a little bit before the Dudley boys arrive <sighs> and the bell rings before they make contact with anybody. <laughs> uh, but they have a two before they, they beat the shit out of everyone. Uh, King says they're from that extremely crappy wrestling. Of course. Cause that's King's thing. Yep. Um, my question is why were they not involved in this match? <laughs> they're a take team. We had Stevie Richards and the blue meanie. They made the cut, not the Dudley boys. Yeah. Um, but also another no contest. Yeah. So yeah, we're doing a Bro. we're doing a hell of a time uh, crowning number one contenders in this episode about crowning number one contenders. Uh, we go to the back and all right, stuttering Bubba. Yeah. I'm wondering if this actually would have if they because they. Uh, Wikipedia says in August 99 Bubba Ray and Devon joined the WBF so I'm wondering if this wasn't like their f- first or one of their very first appearances nice. and that's why and that's why they weren't in the match because they were just coming into the company oh, let me see um, but yeah stuttering stuttering Devon spitting directly in Lillian's face which was a nice touch yes uh, so I'm looking here Yes, this was actually their debut. There you go. Um, so that'd be why they weren't in the so match. That's why they weren't in the match, yeah. And then they, they have a match at on Sunday Night Heat, which is uh, recorded at the same time as this. And then they made their Raw debut three weeks later. Jeez. <laughs> I'm sure that they were doing other things, but that's their Raw like match debut. Yeah. So yeah, so this is this is the way that they introduce these guys, which is I guess a good way to do it. Yeah. Have them com- have them completely fuck up a gauntlet match. Yeah. Uh, which we just sat through. <laughs> uh, I mean, the match the match itself was great. If the match had actually had a finish, yeah. actually, a, I'm gonna say even without the finish, I think that was the best match of the night on the show. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there was a lot of lot, there was some weirdness going on with Steve Richards and Blue Meanie, but it wound up being funny, <laughs> so I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, but then we get to our main event and Triple H and Shane are back for the 12th time tonight. <laughs> Sorry. So I just want to take a second to uh, remind everybody that for those of people who have not seen like Shane McMahon during this time and only know him for his like current Shane McMahon rollout like that, Shane used to have parody wrestling gear for every match he was in. Yep. And it was amazing normally. Uh, this one, he took the Rock shirt and changed it to the Croc. Yeah, still still always the baseball jersey. Yes. But, yeah. well, in this case, it was a t-shirt, but yeah, still the same like normal that? pants. I thought it was a, thought it was a jersey. He's got, it's got yeah. a one on the back of it, but I was pretty sure that it was still... Maybe it was... I don't know. It didn't look like a jersey to me. It looked like a t-shirt way, with one on the back. Much, much more effort in, in put, it, put into the front of the shirt than the back, by the way. I don't know if you caught that. The back just has Sucko written on one. Yeah, Mr. Sucko yeah. written in, in the one of yeah. the great one. But yeah, taking that white out and adding a C to the front of the rock on the front. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this this was this was peak Shane heelness when which he would just come out. From, is, which yeah. is a nickname that he stole from Triple H in the DX impersonating the, the Nation of Domination sketch from years before. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he would do this shit all the time. He eventually would get more and more elaborate with it, where it would just be like embroidered jerseys with like sayings and shit like that. 
which I enjoyed. I liked the fact that his gear was just fucking with other people. Yeah. Um, so during the match, uh, Triple H hits the high knee, but Mankind takes it kind of funny and makes Triple H just fall on top of him. <laughs> <laughs> which, I don't know. Uh, Shane hits the Bronco Buster and then immediately gets clotheslined by The Rock, <laughs> which I loved. Um, Mankind gets the Mandible Claw, but China hits a low blow. And then... King says, do you think that's what Mankind's mother did to him? <laughs> during that? And I was like, you think he, his mom walked up to him while he was naked and punched playing, him in his naked balls? Yeah, playing playing Coleco football. Yes. And just punched him in the deck. Yeah. Uh, we get the hottest of hot tags as The Rock finally enters. Uh, Shane gets chucked over the table, but then Mr. Ass arrives and hits a fame master on Triple H. Rock hits the rock bottom, the people's elbow, and gets the win. Mm-hmm. So, anything else that you want to say about our main event here? Uh, let's see. What did I write in my notes here? Ah, uh, yes. Wasn't much to that main event, was there? That's my that's my <laughs> one note from this match. No. And that's, <laughs> so this is another thing um, with the uh, obviously with with having the network now. Uh, I'm sure even back then though too. You can always tell the quality of a main event by how much time is left in the show <laughs> when the main event goes on. Yeah, of course. They, I mean, you, you know, on the, if you're watching, depending on the uh, platform that you're watching on, you've got the dots at the bottom of the screen for the beginning and the endings mm-hmm. of matches. And I saw I, I, when this started, I saw you know the dots for the match at the very start of the show, and then I saw there was a big chunk of time there without dots, and I went, "Is that like a Benoit match?" But no, it couldn't be a Benoit match because Benoit is not in is still in WCW at this point. So what the fuck is it? No, it was just all fucking talking for like yeah. however long that span of time was. Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks, Pepper. Right. That is one of those things that uh, that you gotta love about about the network when you when you watch it on computer or you know, as usually what it is. On on, on my cell phone I don't get those little dots. Um but yeah, so obviously we we do not get dots for Benoit matches, but uh, it's another four or five months before he shows up. So I think yeah. I think the radicals show up about mania up, time. Up, up. They are forticles. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the those those four members uh, arrive very sh- very soon into uh, 2000. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so overall, uh, what did you think about this episode of SmackDown? Um, obviously, uh, I have more of a positive feeling about these just due to the nostalgia, due to you know thinking back to you know where you know where i was in 99 and what i was doing when i was watching you know these episodes and you know seeing the ovaltron again and seeing old school you know shiny shirt jericho with the top ponytail and fucking going just seeing all that stuff again so i i was i was a fan like i said i watched this because i i'm sure it was it's going to be better than watching whatever the hell aired last night on uh on usa network Mm -hmm. i'll have to watch that tomorrow yeah um, but yeah, I, for me, obviously, um, I was I was both uh, WWF and WCW guy. I would flip back and forth whenever nothing, something wasn't entertaining to me anymore. Um, but yeah, I obviously I was a little bit more of a WWF guy than WCW guy, uh, especially at this point because WB or WCW was starting to enter that period of time where the, the wheels start falling off. Um, Obviously, having Perry Saturn in the main event is a good sign of the wheels falling. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, 2000 is really when WBF sort of starts digging WCW's grave for them. Uh, and of course, in 2001 is when they're gone. So right. Uh, but yeah, like like I said, I mean, we're starting to get to that that point in time in this thing where WBF is just like they're not that much competition for us anymore. So uh, and they just start taking their work their workers away and the only thing they have right now is goldberg so <laughs> um yeah but yeah i uh all in all i thought this was a was a decent episode of smackdown again it's that it's that fast pace like non-stop action that i kind of miss because we've get we have so much downtime nowadays on yeah on raw and smackdown where i mean you know and i complained about that on making the great a couple of weeks ago how fucking i mean look at the past look at the past not 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 necessarily this week or last week where they've had, I mean even still six matches in three hours on Raw still is not great but like the week before when there was four 
matches in a three hour in a three hour TV show. Yeah, it's uh, I I don't know what Vince is trying to do, but I don't think he's succeeding. <laughs> no, well, and that's the thing too is um, because this was so fast paced, the announcers didn't really have time to react to a lot of things. Um, whereas nowadays we have to continually cut back to the announcers for them to like explain everything you just watched or to like like dissect it and give like we don't need that just keep here is how you should feel about this segment yeah whereas this it was like like i said the segments just kept like rolling into each other bleeding into each other uh it's very difficult to take notes on because you have to keep pausing and be like hold on a second hold on like (laughs) I just you gave me like five lines in, in like two seconds there that moved on to the next thing. I got it. I got it. Right, what that was about. Hold on. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I don't. I don't mind the recaps from other shows. Hmm. You know, it was good at the beginning to go back to to go back to last week's Raw and see you know the guitar shot from China to Billy Gunn yeah. to know what's setting up this match. Whereas now we've got, hey, this happened thirty minutes ago. Just yeah. in case you forgot. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't have that at all in this. We you know we had Shamrock kept going through. Whereas nowadays, I feel like every time they show Shamrock, it would be preceded by earlier in the in the night, Jericho did this to him. Yeah, we'd have we'd have three minutes of three minutes of, re- of of recap for ninety seconds of him flipping a table in the back or kicking a trash can. Yeah, and this is this is where where WWF really really shined during the late nineties, early two thousands was you had these sort of things that even even with this, which is like a mid card feud, it was like woven in throughout the rest of the night. You know. Yeah. Yeah, they, like, go ahead. They they easily packed more shit into this two hour show mm-hmm. than we, you ever get on a three hour row. Yeah, or even and, on a two hour SmackDown these days. Right, and I like the fact too that like there was so much intermingling with with each other too because yeah. you know most of the time nowadays you get it where um, the feuds everyone's just kind of like segregated from each other during feuds. Yes. Yeah. Whereas this one here, like you had Big Show and Undertaker, like. Have a have it out at the beginning of the show, and then later we're woven in with X Pac and Kane, and then you know that you know those two kind of segments kind of blended together, and then you had the Shamrock and Jericho thing, and then also the Shamrock and Steve Blackman thing, but then after that you also had the China and Mr. Ass thing that was part of that as well because it, you know so it was it was cool to have like so many different things kind of weaving yeah. together like that, and that was I, I feel like that was one of the hallmarks of the Attitude Era was that everybody had a story. Mm-hmm. Whether it was whether you were a main event guy, a mid card guy, an, an opener guy, every every character you saw on that show had a story. Right, and even you know we have a, a ring announcer feud during this, <laughs> <laughs> and as as much as you might not enjoy that, you've got a ring announcer feud where one of the guys is also teamed up with Jericho, who has a feud with Steve Blackman, <laughs> or and with the with. Uh, Ken Shamrock too, so it's like it's not just focusing on that one aspect. Like they're both in separate feuds that are now like sort of bleeding into each other, kind of. Yeah. Thing, so they for everything uh, for for everything, and I hate that I'm about to say this. I hate what the words that are about to come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. But for everything that Russo sucks at, you have to give him credit for the the, the ability to have these storylines that just flow from one to another to another, as opposed to now where it's like wrestler a is fighting with wrestler B. And when he's done with wrestler B, then he's going to wrestler C. And when he's done with wrestler C, he's going to go on to wrestler D. And there's no, there's no connection between, between B and C or C and D where it's just, okay, here's, we're going to have a match this month, this month, this month. And then, Oh, now this month you're feuding with this guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can just look at the lineage, the title lineages at this time, and and see like, you know, how the guys will trade titles back and forth, and then how guys will like lose the title belt to one person, and then those guys lose it to another person, and then the first team wins those back, and then they continue to feud with the people that won them from them, and it's like, you know, you you get a lot of that where you know the the story, the people just kind of float back and forth between each other. Yeah, I mean, just in a, in a couple of years here, coming up on you know, no. Uh, Edge and Christian Dudley's Hardys. Yeah, and those those ones they weren't they weren't always all three in a feud together. Right. But they were always sort of like one step away from each other. So. Right. Um, and obviously we're gonna get it with Triple H 
The Rock, Mankind, and Stone Cold, where they throw that title back and forth, and then all of a sudden Undertaker gets it for a little bit, or Big Show gets it for a little bit, or Kane gets it for a day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, all in all, decent episode. Um, yep. Good. Uh, so, you can go over to right now to runonwrestling.com, uh, vote on our hottest male wrestler tournament, um, and check out all of our other shows on there um, with new episodes coming out daily. So keep going right back to the website every day. Uh, make it your homepage. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you can check out Adam on Making the Grade coming out this weekend. Uh, and another Nitromania should be coming out when? Yeah, Making the Grade every making the grade every Sunday at midnight. Um, and the Nitromania, as I posted on Twitter, Nitromania 63 is written. Uh, it's just at this point, I thought you were going to sneeze, just at this point, a matter of uh, being able to schedule a time to sit down with uh, with the three-way theater dudes and, and actually be able to record. So hopefully in the next few weeks, that should uh, that should get done. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, it's had a blast. Awesome. Uh, and uh, again, if you are a member of our Patreon, uh, you'll be hearing this before the rest of the Unwashed Masses. Uh, so you can go to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron today and get early access to all of our awesome content, as well as some uh, Patreon-exclusive content. Uh, thanks. So. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, John. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. Well, Phil, maybe you should check out your... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so thank you again for listening, and uh, I guess uh, we'll see you again soon. I don't have a catchphrase for the show. Neither do I. I don't know what to say. Other than bye-bye. Something, something, fist you later.